Mike has fun, the fear of missing McRib. So he cleared his calendar. Yo, dude, backstage passes? Nah. Hey, babe, this weekend? Ugh, can't do it. What up? That sounds great, but count me out. Do what you gotta do. Just don't miss the return of the sandwich, the myth, the legend, the McRib. Come into McDonald's today and get a delicious, saucy McRib sandwich. Made even better with the one-of-a-kind taste of Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. Welcome to Tough Talk Christian Radio. Tough Talk Christian Radio is for those who want to share and receive expressions of faith that will help take you to the next step in your relationship with Christ. Tough Talk Christian Radio is brought to you by the Tough Talk Radio Network. Now here's your host, Tony Gambone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. My name is Tony Gambone. This is Tough Talk Christian Radio coming to you from the Tough Talk Radio Networks here on the outside of Houston, Texas, a little town called Katy, which has grown and grown and grown. So, hey, folks, you follow us every week. You know that we have some incredible shows. I've been blessed to be able to do this. I've been blessed to be able to have guests to come on and explain the incredible things God has done in their lives, how they're working with others to, to experience the same types of, of miracles, I'd like to call them, things that are going on in their world. So if you're you're someone out there that's experienced something that's just unbelievable and you want to share your message with everyone, go to Tough Talk Christian Radio and select on the button that says Become a Guest and select a date that's available for you. Look, we're always looking for authors, speakers, pastors, but we're also always looking for the everyday person that has experienced an incredible situation in their lives and only gotten there with the faith of God. And some of us got there without the faith of God. Like myself, I went in hoping and came out selling Jesus. So uh, there's a lot of opportunity. We like to explain it to others around the world and across the country how God is working in your lives so that maybe others will see how God is working in their lives. Now, this is a great week for us. Uh, my youngest son, Anthony, uh, and and his uh significant other had a little baby boy yesterday uh, november 13th at 10:01 a.m super excited because this little baby thank god is healthy just like his mama very healthy everything went awesome god performed another miracle and he is now anthony michael gambone the fifth so the legacy the name of my family carries on and it's really good to be able to be a part of that, to see something growing and growing. Of course, as that young man grows up, he'll be able to see the chains that were broken before him, and he'll see the chains that need to be broken in front of him. So this is something that I'm excited about. We have been, my wife and I, just smiling like crazy, even though we spend hours in the hospital waiting for the baby to come. Once the baby's here, all that is just forgotten it's kind of like if i had to describe it it's kind of like going through a dark period in time and when god blesses you with the light it's amazing how easy it is to forget the tough time that you went through because the results are such a smile so i'm going to just touch base on one more thing here before we bring our guest up today uh, i have been kind of speaking about this every show and I want to make sure to keep on speaking about it 
so that it becomes something that someone tries to do, including myself. I'm a work in progress. I want to make sure that everyone knows that whatever is spoken on this show here by me is mostly needed for me and hopefully practiced by me. So anyway, here's what I got for you this week, as I spoke to you last week. We're going to be able to drive a car, and I think in some parts of the country you can already do this, but I'm going to look ahead five to ten years from now. Everyone is going to be hands-free and foot-free driving their vehicles, trusting the automakers and the computer chips in their cars to drive them at a certain rate of speed down the highway next to other people doing the same thing. Kind of exciting, okay? And if you live in the Houston area, you know it's kind of real exciting because if you ever driven through rush hour, you would pray that someone would take over the controls of that crazy person driving down the road next to you. And maybe you are some of those people, not sure. But here's my, here's my challenge to you. What about taking your hands and feet off of the controls of yourself and allow God to direct you to your destination, depend on his GPS to get you where he knows you need to be, not where you think you need to go? That's a challenge I've been putting out there, and, uh, you know, as I mentioned, I'm working on it myself. So try to think about taking your hands and feet off of the controls and reaping the benefit of what God really has in store for you. Who knows what could become of that? If you're that person that's already experienced it, hey, call us, 347-989-1363. Email me, info at toughtalkradionetwork.com, or come on the show, toughtalkchristianradio.com. And, and tell your story. We're always looking for people to come and join us with their testimonies and their transparency. Okay, so my guest today is a gentleman by the name of Nathan Sledgers. He has a PhD, has been an educator and a scholar for almost two decades with uh, 30 published technical papers. He is currently a professor at the George Fox University in Newburgh, Oregon, and his just wrote a book called Passover, the story of Easter from the beginning. He rediscovers the meaning behind both Passover and Easter by investigating the stories and community behind both events. So I want to waste no more time, and I want to bring Nathan up on the show. Nathan, welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you. It's nice to be here, Tony. Now, Nathan, I know that I said that uh, you are in Newburgh, you're a professor at Newburgh, Oregon. Is that where you're from originally? I'm originally from the Oregon area, pretty close to there. But I've actually spent, I was a professor in Alabama for about a decade. So I spent about 10 years in Huntsville, Alabama. Okay. Well, there's a different accent altogether. Yeah, that is absolutely different. One thing I learned when I moved to the South was a whole bunch of new manners, and, I, and I'm not unhappy about that. It's, uh, yeah. it's great to know different ways in different places. So. I absolutely so agree. Tell me, Nathan, what, uh, you know, every year people celebrate Easter, Passover, and different uh, known holidays, but... What got you to the story of Easter? I mean, most people say Easter and, you know, they think uh, Easter bunnies, eggs and chocolate baskets. Uh, But we do know 
that that's a big day at church, Easter. I know that that's the day I said the prayer to find Christ. And, you know, Passover is another part of it. And so what made you sit down and decide to to write this book called Passover, the story of Easter from the beginning? I would say it started it's probably about a decade ago because, you know, there's kind of the obvious connection between the two. We know, you know, think of Passover, the, the slaughtering of the lambs right before Exodus as God redeemed, you know, the, the Jewish people from, from Egypt. You get to Easter, you know, that, that occurred right near the Passover celebration. And a lot of times when we look at it, we think, well, you know, that's very clever that Jesus chose, you know, the Passover festival to, you know, have this culminating event of Christianity. And a lot of times we stop at that point. I think the connection actually runs deeper. It wasn't just a coincidence. He said this would be a good time to have my death and resurrection. I think all of history within the Bible was pointing to that one Easter. And all the story of Passover from the first Passover forward was really a preparation for that. And it came, I came to realize that when about 10 years ago at our church when we were preparing for uh, Easter, we had a Messianic Jewish rabbi come in about a week before. And he kind of laid out his Jewish roots perspective and said, you know, you know, these Passover and Easter are connected. He went back to that first Passover and showed some of the traditions of, you know, they select a lamb on a specific day. They inspect it for four days. They slaughtered on this day, and when he matched that timeline up with the exact same timeline of the Holy Week, I started realizing that this isn't just a coincidence. There's actually something more here, and that kind of started my process of going back. Well, if there's all these connections that I, I didn't know of before that, are there other connections that fall in between that first Passover and Easter that further emphasize they're connected not just connected for convenience, but also there is a lot of good theology. There's a lot of, you know, heart reasons behind why they're connected and what we should be getting out of this connection. Hmm. I find it interesting. Um, people like yourself can get so much out of the reading. I mean, uh, sometimes I, I, I think I read too much in the Bible or I try too hard to figure it out. Um, when when you read the Bible, I mean, does it come to you right away? Does it take time to to get the the differences? Maybe my attention span is too short. I'm not sure, but I mean, have you always been able to just see things when you're reading the Bible? Yeah, you know, I think it depends on how how you think. You know, I'm a professor by by profession, and I think you know as I'm teaching students, the first thing that I comes my perspective when I'm teaching and learning is I try to find connections. You know, so when I see in Exodus, a Passover at the, the crucifixion, I also go through in the book of Joshua, there's another Passover. There's all these different, to me, like for some reason, I will connect those puzzle pieces and say, I wonder if it's more just coincidence that these events are occurring at these times. And I think what, mm. what that really helped me do is I actually went back before the actual exodus and said, what did God declare the purpose of the exodus before it even happened? And I think that was really an enlightening observation. 
I, I, I do. I, I, uh, I just think it's remarkable that some people have that ability to do that. And, and as you explained, you know, uh, you're a professor, so part of you being able to teach others is have to look at the connections to put everything together. So I guess in a way you've been trained to do that. Um, so you decided, you know, to write a book versus you've written 30 papers and putting a book together is, is that a, a much different process? Yeah, I think it absolutely is. I mean, the technical papers are exactly how they sound as technical. I mean, they're very, there's lots of footnotes. They're very complex. There's limited spaces in journals. So it's, it's, it's not good reading for most people. And I think when I looked at these connections, they were so important to me and they actually refreshed my soul that I said, you know, I want to put this down in a, a readable manner. The book I wrote ends up, it's just, it's about six or seven chapters, only about 140 pages. And I think if you, when you look through it, it's not extremely, you know, onerous to read. It's not deep. We're not going through a lot of the Hebrew words. I think I'm just laying out this connection that hopefully people will be able to connect those dots and find an enrichment in the story. So, uh when I'm looking at the page here, comethirstyministry.com/studies is where you'll find this book and and the information about the book. Of course, you can find it on Amazon as well. But uh, one of the things that that I've seen somewhere soon, let me just get back to my notes, was um, there's different parts of the Bible, not just the one in uh, Exodus. Is is uh, the book of Ruth is another one, and uh, uh, Joshua, Rahab. I mean, there's parts not only in one section of the Bible, but kind of throughout the Bible that that make this reference. And yeah. do you find yeah, people? I'm sorry. Oh, so I said absolutely. I think that's where those are some of the connections. I think that are often overlooked. I would specifically the book of Ruth. That's one of the one of the most familiar stories. People love the book of Ruth. And what's remarkable is when I bring that in for talking about the Passover, people will often say, How why are you talking about Ruth? The word Passover never even occurs in the book of Ruth. And that's absolutely true. But once we understand when the Passover occurred, it's a certain holiday that occurs every year in spring right before the barley harvest. Even though it doesn't say it's Passover, is happening, Ruth and Naomi show up in Israel just as the barley harvest is starting. That means the Passover celebration had just happened. And this is really a very interesting story where Passover is the backdrop. It's a story of redemption. And what this really tells us, it gives us more of a personal level of what the redemption of the Passover and Easter is supposed to accomplish. It's really more of the personal side and the overall goal of redemption, not necessarily just the redeeming, but where is it supposed to bring you to? And when we see the book of Ruth, it is, you know, it's really about a story of rest. And that's the whole point of the redemption in both Passover and Exodus 
and in you know Christ's death and resurrection is supposed to bring us closer to Him in a state of rest. Right. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. I never, I would have never, well, I would have never stopped to even think of that. And that's what's so awesome about me being able to do these radio shows is that I'm, uh, sometimes I complain that I don't understand the writing in the Bible as easy as others. But I get the opportunity to interview people who do understand it, and I get to learn from that. So I, I feel blessed with that uh, uh, that process. So um, I got a question here. So how uh, how can these connections and the redemption story lead to restoring the joy of salvation? I felt so. You know that phrase comes from the fifty first Psalm. And once I, I read that phrase, like where it specifically says, you know, restore the joy of my salvation and renew my spirit. To me, like that was the result of me going that back through this whole story. I found an enrichment, you know, extra depth to this process. And the way I, I would look at it is it's almost like meeting Jesus again for the first time. The point when we all do that the first time, it's such a remarkable change. I think over time, sometimes, you know, as we hear similar sermons, life goes on. At some point, you know, for lack of a better word, sometimes relationships seem to go stale. And I felt like when I went back through this whole journey, all the way from Exodus through Passover, essentially what it does is it restored the joy of my salvation. I went back and looked at what Jesus was declaring, what the whole process was declaring as the purpose of redemption. It's not just freeing us from sin. That's clearly an important part of redemption. But what's on the other side of that? Just because you've been released from sin, if you, if you don't have any relationship after that, there's not much to that. And I felt like that's what this whole story brought to me. That I saw through Joshua, saw through Ruth. I also saw through the story of, you know, Abraham and Isaac, what the overall goal of redemption was, which was essentially to bring us into a restful relationship with God. Hmm. That's awesome, dude. I, 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 that's, that's good. I mean, as you say it, it makes sense. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and once again, that's what I like the most about doing this show is I can get to understand differently these different things that I struggle with. So um, it, you're talking about uh, Passover to Easter and, and you know, uh, so I'm going to read this question that was, was uh, sent in with your information. While connections and facts are interesting, they are not the ultimate point. So what good is it to be knowledgeable about redemption as outlined from the Passover to Easter if it doesn't change your life uh, or, uh, you know, so th that's my question. So like, if it doesn't change your life, so I, I guess if people go, uh, okay, that's great. You know, uh, there's a connection there, but so what does that do for me? How does it change my life? You know, uh, how can the view of Passover and Easter provide a catalyst to change your relationship with others and with God? I think he touched on some of it, but I think there's more to it. Well, I want to 
to answer that, we can almost connect what we see from the book of Exodus and the original, you know, the crossing of the Red Sea to what happened in the book of Joshua. I think there's a good example of, we think of this redemption process. We think of separating the Red Sea and going across, that that was the point of the Exodus, that they were freed from Egypt and they were given their freedom and they were ended up in a desert. And so, in one sense, they, the redemption was completed from that aspect. But they ended up wandering in the desert. And there's a lot more to the story. They had a lot of learning to do. And that wasn't the final goal. The goal was to get to the promised land. And what's interesting, as far as the facts, I would think of this as, you know, the law was given to Moses while they were in the desert. But that law is not what saved them. Moses didn't take them to the promised land. The law didn't. It was someone else who was to come, which was Joshua. He had to Mm. finish. So there's kind of this foreshadowing of saying, there's more than just the redemption. We have to finish bringing you to the promised land. And we start seeing some more connections. What's remarkable is Joshua entered the promised land just after Passover. Just like they had to go through the Red Sea, they had to cross the Jordan River, and it also split in two. Same events, same time of the year, same Passover event. And it wasn't the law that brought them into the Promised Land. It was Joshua. And that's where they eventually received this final rest. And to me, like, that's the point, is I feel like sometimes just knowing the facts having the redemption occurred kind of leaves you in a place where you're just wandering around. But the final goal of redemption, the final goal of the death and resurrection of Christ is not just to take care of our sins. That happened so that we can reach this final promised land and have rest in that. And Joshua essentially is that, well, we go through this in the book a little bit, but that is kind of a foreshadowing of what Jesus was going to do at this Easter. Hmm. That This is really interesting stuff. But like I said, I, you know, I had a conversation with a guy a few months ago and he said his favorite book in the Bible was Genesis. And I'm like, Oh goodness, that hurts my head. You know, that's a, that's tough to get through the book of Genesis. And, and he explained to me, once you get past chapter 12, and you look at what you're reading and you look at like the craziness of families, you know, and you look at your family, everybody's family's got a little craziness in it. It really relates to that. And then I thought, well, uh, I never seen that, but I'm going to try it out. So it allowed me to read it differently and, 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 and see it from a different view. And I think this book Passover story of Easter uh, from the beginning is a way for people to read Joshua and Rahab and and about Ruth and Abraham and Isaac and Exodus and see from a different side of it, so to speak, you know, to to get a different grip on it. So do you find people have read the book and said to you, hey, man, I never in a million years thought that this is what I would get out of the book? Well, you know, it's interesting because I I get a couple of responses. And one of the common ones is, a lot of people know some of these connections. 
you know, if, if you've grown up in church or you're a student of the Bible, lots of these stories you've known. So as you're going through and I recount these, a lot of people will say, I knew about half of those connections, but the other half I had never thought about. And filling in those other half and having this one coherent story all the way from the beginning of Genesis to the Gospels, I think is really enlightening for some people. I don't think it changes your salvation knowing the facts, but I think it's just sometimes knowing the reason behind all these, what that tells you as far as the purpose of redemption, how we are supposed to enjoy it, makes a huge difference. Yeah, I I totally agree because if we're supposed to live through the word, um, it's kind of important to have an idea how it works or how it connects and like more of the meaning behind it instead of just what we perceive it to say, or, you know, we might've heard a pastor bring up a verse in, in a study on a Sunday morning and you say, Oh, I get that there. But this, something like this here, I think is, uh, is very interesting because it allows people to have more conversation about the word. And I think at the end of the day, that's what we're supposed to do is, is, is understand the word and have conversation about it and to be able to point people in a direction where they could find uh, a different type of salvation or a different type of connection. So uh, I, I think what you're doing is, is pretty awesome. I just, uh, I find it, you know, um, I, I hate to say it's jealousy, but the truth is the truth. I just think it's remarkable how people can read stuff and gain access to these connections. So, I, I mean, I really think that's pretty slick. Or, or I admire your ability to do that. And I'm kind of thankful that you have put this into a book. Now, question, first thing comes to my mind is, is there another book? There's, there's not another book quite yet. Uh, I think the, the next, so what what's in the works, I've, I've been doing this as, as speaking only is looking at the, the book of Amos. It's one of those Old Testament prophets that nobody ever reads, but I think is extremely relevant for the times we're in. And I'm hoping that looking at the, the prophet Amos kind of doing the same thing, we're going to pull some connections from what was going on in Israel at the time, what's going on in our country and our world at our time, and kind of see how the words from the prophet Amos are also very relevant. I make some some connections there, but I think that's going to be at least another eight months out. So do you find it kind of scary seeing what's going on today, reading what you know you read, and seeing the, 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 the you know, comparison? I had a conversation with someone the other day about C.S. Lewis and, and some of the stuff that, uh, that different people have written years ago that are so right now, I mean, such forward thinking, right? And as you read through the Bible, I mean, it's hard not to see it. It's there. And the same stuff's happening today, just on a bigger scale, I guess. But do you find it interesting or kind of even scary of what you see going on today and what you know you read? You know, I've, I've over the last decade, I would say that I've taken the, I don't find it scary. 
I almost find it comforting in the sense that when I start looking at, you know, some of the issues we have, you know, from, you know, religious organizations, even to politics, you look at what's going on. When you go back to even some of these Old Testament prophets, some of the things, the same stuff has happened. I find that people in general have not changed that much. Really, our technology has. We don't have chariots anymore and live in tents and we have cell phones, but the the personal problems, the problems from sin, all those other things are still the same. And that's what I find remarkable as you start going back to all these biblical texts and some people feel like they're archaic and they're hard to get something out of. I think it takes just a little bit of digging and what you really find is those stories are just as relevant, maybe even more relevant for now than they were back then. Yeah, I find that fascinating. I just, it's just, it's hard to argue against it. I mean, I know there's a lot of people that have tried to prove uh, different things that the Bible's not, you know, but it's hard to, it's hard not to notice the obvious. So I I really find that crazy. I just typed in on Google uh, interesting facts about Amos, the prophet. And, you know, some stuff comes up and, yeah, once again, I, I hate to sound like I'm saying being repetitive, but doing this show allows me to gain such education, and it allows me to share what you know with others out there, and it gives them the opportunity. That's one of the good things about Google. You can get stuff instantly, right? You can get the information quickly. Now, what they do with it is a different story, but, you know, it, it's there. You know, uh, the, the key of the book of Amos is God's judgment of Israel. Well, I didn't know that. You know, just just certain things that that are that are written on these pages here, you know, it will make you go look it up to see if it's true or not. So once again, it, it just puts you back in the word and understanding the word, and it gives you a time to have conversation with other like-minded people to kind of work through that process. So it gives it, it really provides a lot um, when. When you so you're you teach at a college, what is the uh, the course that you teach? I teach mechanical engineering, so I do a lot of the engineering courses. Okay, and and so, um, uh, so how can I explain that? So I have a remodeling business here in the Houston area, a family-owned business, and when I work for engineers of any sort, mechanical, electrical. They're very detailed people. Very, very detailed. I mean, just, just, it's, it's just very detailed. Do you think that helps you to understand the process that you understand when you're reading these different uh, books of information? Absolutely, and I, I think that's how I came across writing this book. I think, you know, engineers in general, we like to take the pieces together. We like to, you know, we do a lot of math. We do a lot of analysis. We like we like rules. They're always followed in those those processes. So if you give me, you know, a truss or a bridge or some piece of machinery, we can crunch the numbers and tell you exactly what's going to happen to it. And I think when I'm looking over the Bible and looking for connections, I take that same approach. I mean, mm. if if we go from that approach that this is the inspired word of God, the whole point of it ends up being Christ, and you look at that as kind of a shadow that's cast all over the whole Bible, 
to me, I I automatically look for those connections, and I think maybe that's why, you know, when I just when I saw that first connection between Passover and Easter, first thing you can do technologies right now, you can take all your online Bibles and you can go through and try to find every occurrence of the word Passover, and get a list right away. And I just think I just went through each one of those occurrences one by one and said, is there a connection here? What are the lessons? And I think once I saw all those pieces, I tried to form, you know, putting a puzzle together. You know, you start with the edges of the puzzle and the corners, which are the easiest. You get those put together, and then you have the outline of the whole story. And started, I started filling in the, the rest of it from there. I, You know, it's, it's always the private joke in our company. Uh, you know, I, I live in the Houston area, so there's a lot of gas and oil. And there's a lot of engineers. And usually the housewife will say, well, my husband is, you know, he, he might drive you crazy. He's an engineer. And I go, he might drive me crazy, but he'll be the best reference to his friends for our business. Because if we satisfy him, people know how they are. And, and you know, you got to cross all your T's and dot all your I's. There's no pretending there. You, you, it's just, it's a great reference for me. So, I find that interesting. Anyway, I want to talk about Passover, the story of Easter from the beginning. You can find it at ComeThirstyMinistries.com. You can also find it on Amazon. I think I just, yeah, on Amazon as well. And can this book, can this book be used as a, as a Bible study? Yeah, absolutely. So in the very opening, I kind of broke it up into a six-week Bible study. Six weeks also matches up with the Lent season. So the, the time leading up to Passover, I have a time of mm-hmm. reflection. So it's really easily set up as a six-week Bible study. And um, this coming month, we'll actually have a, a free PDF that will be on our website also, which will have an outline, a suggested outline if anybody wants to do a Bible study using the book. It'll give you a, a source of questions and kind of a leader guide that will be free to download. Cool. That's very cool. And uh, I'm, well, I'm making a note of that so that when I post these shows up that I can put that in some of the social media stuff to, for the people to, to look for that. I'm, I'm always looking for um, ways to promote what you're doing. And I think that what you're doing is awesome. And I, I'm thinking that uh, I, we got to have you back on the show because... Well, one, I want to find out more about that other book coming out. And I I will bet that most people looking at your reviews on Amazon are looking for a new book sooner than later. This is a great time to start this book also as we start heading into February, March, and April, right before Easter and the time of Lent. This is a great read for that time. kind of refreshes your memory on some of these things. And I think you'll, you'll really appreciate it. will give you a new perspective or at least a refreshed perspective on, on Easter. Hmm. Just one more thing, folks. If you go and, and you purchase the book on the website, okay, or if you go to Come Thirsty, if you go to ComeThirstyMinistries.com and you purchase the book there, make sure to go to Amazon and write a review. It's very important for authors to take the time to write them a review, okay? It just, well, they put a lot of time and effort into these books. And, and I know from authoring books, it just is very helpful to keep your name up at the top so more people will see your book. So, 
Nathan, I ask every everybody that comes on the show to give me a piece of information, a nugget, if you will, a suggestion, a challenge, something that you would tell people in 2018. I know they're going to go buy your book, so uh, we'll keep pushing that. But what's a nugget you would leave for them for this year? You know, I would. You know, one of the things there's also this this subtle connection to. I mean, the Last Supper occurred during this Passover celebration also. And I would have you go back and look at John chapter 12, 13, and 14. Just whenever you're doing communion at your church, I think that also gives you some pretty good perspective. I would just suggest reviewing those three chapters, and then next time you take communion, kind of remember remember those three chapters. All right. Well, very good. I'm going to – I made it on on a – you know, I bought this here desk that you can write on with the erasable pen, you know, marker. And when I do these shows, I make all these notes on the top of my desk so that I'm able to go back and and do some of the things that you suggested and others suggested. So whenever I get confused on what I'm going to read or what devotional I want to pick up, I can go right to my desk. So um, I guess I'm plugging the people that came out with this idea with the desk. This is awesome. But... I'm at a point now where my desk is full, so I'm going to have to start doing more of the stuff to, to get through it. But reading John, uh, I, li- I like that book. I want to be checking it out, especially now moving closer through the holidays. And this is a time of year where, where a lot more people between now and, and Easter will visit church. So this is a good opportunity. If, if you have someone that's not a churchgoer, you're trying to get back to church, maybe this is a way that you can... Uh, get them involved by getting the book Passover, the story of Easter from the beginning. Once again, uh, I, I want to just say, Nathan, thank you so much for being a guest on our show today. I so appreciate what you're doing and how you're sharing stuff with others and the time that you took to write the book. Uh, thank you. It was a pleasure. All right. Folks, we're going to wrap up our show now. I want to make sure that everybody knows about the website, that we just talked about, so I want to make sure that you go there, okay? ComeThirstyMinistry.com forward slash, it's important, forward slash studies. And the book, Passover, the story of Easter from the beginning, will be right there on the page in front of you. If you have troubles finding the book, email me, info at ToughTalkRadioNetwork.com, and I'll personally introduce you to Nathan. Uh, This is a way for you to get a different look on what's going on through the word. A lot of times we read the word and we check the box. Sometimes we read the word and get an aha moment. But if you're like me, I'm trying to understand more what I'm reading. And I don't think that every day the light bulb's going to just blink off and on like crazy on my head because I just got so much out of the Bible. We're not always supposed to get it on the first read. So if you're getting it in the beginning, that's awesome. But if you're not, That's not bad. God sometimes saves those words for you to use in conversation. And you will say sometimes, I don't even know where that came from. But God is always working in you. So I hope that you'll join us next week at Tough Talk Christian Radio. If you want to be a guest, remember, go to toughtalkchristianradio.com. Select the button that says register to be a guest. And select the day and time that's available that fits your schedule. We're looking for more people to come and tell their stories, share their books, share their testimony, and help others understand the value 
of the hard times to get to the good times. My name is Tony Gambone, and this is the end of our show. I hope to see you next week. You have been listening to Tough Talk Christian Radio with Tony Gambone, brought to you by the Tough Talk Radio Network. A special thanks to all of our sponsors. If you'd like to be a sponsor or a guest, please visit toughtalkradionetwork.com for more information. The pressure to innovate is constant. It can be crippling or it can be a catalyst for your best thinking and your best work. Every year, Harvard Business School Executive Education helps executives like you understand the forces that drive change and find new approaches to compete and win on innovation. Change course. Get ahead. Go. Start by going to hbs.me go. That's hbs.me go. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.